Banana Bunch, you know what time it is. It's time for another episode of the Jungle Gyms Podcast. I'm your host, Mark. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Look, we got a bunch of fun stuff coming up today. And I actually have a very serious, very cool interview today, um, which I think if you know me well, you'll be surprised that I thought it was as cool as it was. But I really think that's all thanks to what an interesting and cool guy Bob was. But we'll we'll talk about him in a second. I want to get a little, a few things underway first, folks. I know I've mentioned it a few times, but of course, the Jungle Gyms International Beer Festival is underway. Okay, you can get your tickets now at junglefests.com. That's fest plural. It's just hard to say very clearly to make sure everybody gets it. Uh, but what's fun about that, you know, amongst other things, um, around this same time, we just had this come in. I'm pretty hyped about this. This is the sixth collaboration that we've done with 50 West. Uh, this is the part of the Road to the Jungle series. This is a blood orange juicy IPA. So for those of you just listening along, if you want to see this in action, you can jump on YouTube Shorts. You can jump on our TikTok. Uh, you'll see some content this week where you actually get to see me and Ferd from the beer department physically squeezing blood oranges to make this happen. Uh, I'm really excited to try it out, um, and we'll probably do a little review on TikTok as well. Real short stuff. You know, the long-winded content, that's here. Um, I wanted to make sure that you came in and tried those because these are all limited runs too, so it's like once they're gone, they're gone. I believe right now it's available in the tap room as well. And again, while supplies last okay next thing that's up here this is just a fun thing this is a gift for mark so i'm pretty excited about this i get to work on this festival with one of my favorite comedians uh david cross maybe you've heard of him he's coming to the taft theater in may may 18th um you know you may recognize him from a bunch of great comedy stuff but i don't know you're watching my show so you probably recognize him from the alvin and the chipmunks movie but no all kidding aside David, hilarious. Really looking forward to the show. Uh, thanks for letting me be a small part of what you've got going on here in Cincinnati. And hey, with any luck, maybe we can bring him into the jungle. Maybe we can, uh, I don't know. I don't really have any good jokes off the cuff for this one because he's actually somebody I respect and revere. So looking forward to that. Um, all right. But what's been really cool here lately is that, you know, if you're uh, in the Cincinnati area, City Beat Magazine just did a whole big Best of Cincinnati event. And it's been really cool because they had a little event going on. So if you're watching along, well, now you get to see some of the behind the scenes here. Uh, but Jungle Gyms placed repeatedly, I believe we got six number ones, multiple number twos and threes. And then I even got voted Best uh, Comedian in Cincinnati. I got nominated for, I was second place in Best Actor, Best Filmmaker, just truly honored to be recognized. Oh, our TikTok account got number two. That's pretty cool, too. So anyway, uh, City Beat threw this huge event at the Phoenix downtown, and I got to go down there. And I thought it was fun because, you know, there are a lot of samples, food, all kinds of stuff like that. But the best part, well, there's a few best parts. I got to check out some stuff here you can see. But my maybe my favorite part is one of City Beat's Best of Cincinnati Award winners. Happens to be my barbershop, and they've got a little note here. So check this out for a second. How many pieces of pizza can I touch before other people? Let's find out. Hi, everyone. All right, I'm here right now with the best barber shop in Cincinnati, and they're shaving my neck. Say hello to the owner of the Bellevue Barbershop. This is Travis. Hey, what's up? Travis, welcome. Congratulations. Thank you so much. Uh, I heard you might have a challenge for my employer. You know, so I've been into your store quite a few times, Jungle. 
I see a lot of barber memorabilia, and I'm just curious, like, you know, maybe why, and to see, maybe you might be better than me in my job, so I'm challenging you to cut my hair. Let's see how it turns out. <laughs> oh my gosh, I can't wait. Jungle, you gotta do it, baby. It's a good get. I believe in you. Let's do it. <laughs> Very cool. All right, Travis. Well, I hope Jungle takes you up on your challenge. Uh, all of you, you should either send me an email, podcast at junglegyms.com. You can leave a comment on the YouTube video, whatever you'd like. I want to know how badly you want to see Jungle cut Travis's hair. I think it would be hysterical. And you know, who knows? That man is very talented. Chances are he probably knows how to cut hair well. So if he is good at it, maybe we'll just have to... I don't know, maybe we'll just give him a butter knife to do it. Something, you know, really kick the challenge up. Travis, you're going to regret this. But congratulations, all kidding aside, to obviously to Travis and Bellevue Barbershop and everyone else in Cincinnati who won an award, got nominated. And honestly, thank you to all of you who felt passionately enough about both Jungle Gyms and me to say, hey, they deserve our time. Because I know these voting things, it's like, you know, you got to vote for 20 people. And it's, it's a good amount of work for you to support us. So I want you to know that... At least I, I, we really, really, really appreciate the support and love as always. And we'll keep bringing it to you in the meantime. So uh, let's talk about the big chunk of today's episode. So my guest today is a gentleman named Bob Pennington. Bob is a very decorated soldier. Um, you know, I, I should be clear. I don't know a ton about military things in general, right? That was just never my wheelhouse. I'm a musician and an artist and softy. So it was just one of those worlds I didn't learn a lot about growing up. Uh, but I can still show reverence, obviously, and interest in people like this. Bob was one of the first people on the ground in Afghanistan after 9-11. Uh, they made a movie about him. He's known as one of the horse soldiers. There is a monument to him and his team at um, uh, what is it, Ground Zero, uh, like the World Trade Center Memorial. Um, but Bob led a team of, well, 12 total. You can actually, you know what, let's just do this. This is even easier, really easy way for you to jump in. Uh, you can check out the movie 12 Strong. It's on Netflix right now. They made it about him. Uh, stars Chris Hemsworth and um, Bob's character is played by Michael Shannon, who's truly like an incredible actor. What a crazy thing. Um, but no, uh, Bob is actually coming into Jungle Gyms here next week as part of his Whiskey and War Stories events that he does. So he travels around the country uh, and they have a whiskey brand. Here's a fun note too, because I'll bring this up in the interview. The bottles are made and formed in a press that they use steel from the World Trade Centers to create the bottles. I thought that was such a cool little anecdote and just such a, I mean, it's crazy to think that every bottle that you buy of this stuff has really touched a very important part of history. Kind of incredible. Anyway, the point is Bob is going to be here next Wednesday, April 19th. Um, there are still a few tickets available, so you should get on junglegyms.com right now. This sounds interesting. He's going to be signing bottles of their whiskey. Uh, he's going to be telling some stories. It should be a really cool event. Uh, and you know what? I, I, I'm just going to lead into this a little bit. This is such a fun interview because, you know, for someone like me, again, like I said before, not super knowledgeable in that world. Uh, and so when I go into an interview like this, I'm doing a ton more. Re I mean, I also always research my guests, but this is one where I was like, okay, I know nothing about this. So I really have to double down. Uh, and I'm always walking into the interview and you'll probably hear me say this to Bob, but I'm always walking into these interviews like, okay, I need to treat this with respect and reverence. Like this is maybe not the one time I should, or excuse me, this is the one time I should maybe not be fully myself. Uh, but then I was totally wrong about that. Bob was super cool, really fun. I mean, you'll see we, from the jump, we just jump in talking about jazz music and misconceptions. We talk about 
about the filmmaking process. We talk about his experience in Afghanistan. We talk about the whiskey and how that all came about. It's a fascinating interview. Bob is an awesome guy. I'm really looking forward to meeting him next week. And hopefully all of you will join us here at the jungle for that as well. So in uh, no further ado, meet Bob Pennington. So did you walk into a paint factory? Um, yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. I, I was really just trying to my watercolors out last night before this, and I just figured, yeah. you know what? He seems like a man who would appreciate art. So. Oh, yeah. It's oh, yeah. awesome. <laughs> oh, we're already off to a good start. I can't wait. You know, it's funny, too, because everyone looks at me, and they, they, they hear the background, you know, or they know the background, and they go, so you love country music. And, and uh, I said, well, You'd be surprised that my my love is jazz and classical music, so it's oh it really, yeah, so it throws everybody off. So I see your shirt as Miles Davis. You know what? I was just listening today. I got a record this morning. Well, I got this a few months ago. I was just listening to this great record that's Robert Glasper performing a bunch of Miles Davis tracks, and then they did a few where they are playing together i'll say i you know what i'm very excited i could talk jazz all day that's definitely my oh yeah yeah i lane of expertise too so yeah. this is fun oh yeah, is this yeah uh chris chris bodie is one of my he's one of my favorite and very he actually, cool yeah and he actually plays uh he actually plays some of um of miles's tunes and he's you know he's really good yeah of course Absolutely. i I have this whole thing about virtuosos in general, right? Where like, and that's, I think where my love, cause I'm like, generally speaking, like jazz, I, I, I tend to lean more into like the fusion end of jazz. I feel like these yeah. days, I mean, I've just yeah. been doing a lot of Billy Cobham and stuff like that. I, I get really interested in the individual musicians and then yeah. just get so excited about this. Oh, I'm glad we get to start this by talking about jazz today. I'm <laughs> like, Oh, maybe I get well, some. <laughs> you know, it's funny too, is cause they changed a little, you know, the, the old days I listened to weather report and weather oh, report yeah. was was really good they, they they actually started a little bit of the fusion jazz and was yeah. uh, very crisp so it was um, it was one of my favorites that's so cool yeah so i've yeah. got a good rotation of them return to forever uh mahavishnu orchestra oh like, we're gonna, i think we just became best friends <laughs> <laughs> i i'm not gonna have you sign a bottle of the whiskey i'm gonna have you sign one of my jazz records oh that would be awesome <laughs> oh, that would actually would yeah. be really cool oh my gosh well bob this is a fun start already but maybe well you mentioned a little you kind of teased at your background but why don't you actually introduce yourself to the audience because i know i will not do as good of a job <laughs> Nice, nice. Okay, so uh, Bob Pennington. Um, uh, background of me that we're leading to is I'm a uh, Chief Warrant Officer four, retired from the military. I spent over 30 years um, in the U.S. Army. Uh, 26 of those was as a Green Beret. I, I spent uh, about a year as a Ranger in the 1st Ranger Battalion as well, and then infantry. Um, uh, spent my time in a lot of time in the middle middle east and in north africa and uh so that um kind of helped me prepare for you know the big adventure which was uh afghanistan going in afghanistan with uh i consider one of the the best teams i i was ever on and uh one of the the finest teams in in fifth special forces group based out of fort campbell kentucky and that was oda 595. Um, the men were just absolutely fantastic to work with. Uh, we were very mature. You know, 32 years old was the average age, which is really <laughs> pretty old. <laughs> so, you know, 
you know, infantry uh, squads are very young, and uh, but for us, the more mature, the the better you are. You're more seasoned, and uh, so and of the twelve guys that actually went in, ten of those guys were married and had families. So we were very, very mature. Uh, again, very seasoned, and we trained together for at least two years prior to even uh, all of us prior to even going in and doing that mission, which was part of 12 strong riding the horses into combat, you know, and, and, um, which I still have saddle sores and, uh, <laughs> 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 yeah, I don't really have a, a fondness for horses right now. Um, I'll ride one. Here and there. <laughs> if the bit, but, uh, you know, yeah. But otherwise, you know, hey. <laughs> yeah. But... <laughs> but you know, that's a that's a little background right there. Uh, yeah. Of of that time frame, uh, it was uh, you know it was funny too. I was asked not too long ago. Um, I can't remember where I was at, and this this woman asked me. She goes, "Well, you know, would you do it again? Was you know was it worth it?" And I said, "Well, absolutely. You know, all of it." All the combat time, uh, which was, uh, I ended up being in three separate engagements, uh, 13 campaigns through my life. And um, it was, you know, it was worth my time. And it was, it was, it was fun. And when I retired, to be honest with you, I missed the camaraderie of the men more than I actually missed, you know, the operations. You, you don't really miss that as much. You're really, you're ready to retire and you're ready to move on. You're, you're ready to, you ready to make whiskey and drink it? <laughs> so, you know, for me, that was, uh, it was just missing the guys and the, sure. that, that, that bond we had, the brotherhood. So, you know, and I wanted to ask you about that. You touched on this a minute ago about talking about the team itself and how it was one of the, you know, the best teams you've ever been a part of. What are some of the traits that you really look for or that, that makes that team stand out or just in general? Yeah, they, that's a good question. See, we, there's sometimes sometimes when you do interviews you don't really get those types of questions things that we look at the greatest attribute uh, a guy can you know relate to everyone is his integrity and uh those guys uh, they all had great integrity um their willingness willingness to succeed and also to learn more that was a plus for us everyone wanted to learn more so you in in um, in special forces, when you're a Green Beret, you you do a lot of cross training. So, um, like I was the 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 warrant officer on the team, the deputy commander, uh, so to speak. But I was also the the chief of staff. So I look at um, our planning operations and things like that, and you know, it, it, you you can actually sit back and and see the judge of character that you have on the team, and you know the the strength. And the weaknesses that um, the the team actually has, and you can build on that. Um, and, and the team sergeant himself, the E eight, is he is a, a great guy to do that. A great guy to actually look at his team because it's really the team is really built on NCOs, non commissioned officers, of course. And there, there's the two officers, myself and uh, Mark Nooch. Um, who was the officer at that time. And um, Paul Evans was the team sergeant. And so for him, he kind of 
built that the team and we actually ran the team and that was that was a great focus and um a good way for him to judge his guys you know what i'm saying so he would judge the guys he would know what those guys the, the possibility sure. uh, of the things they could do and so it was easy for mark and i to say hey paul you know if we send so and so out can he handle it oh yeah if we send so and so out can he handle it oh yeah so it was that was a big plus for us and he did a magnificent job again the team itself was absolutely superb and the, what makes that so strong is again going back to integrity you've got to believe in your guys and you've got to believe that that guy can tell you the truth right and that you can and, and he knows what he's telling you is what he believes and that you can look at that and go got it and then you can you know there's there's not a whole lot of guessing games you know okay i got it man i perfect I, i'll i'll choose this guy or this guy so right. and and we kind of when we were uh when we when we got in afghanistan and we first broke down into a uh, uh of course an operational attachment alpha is 12-man team okay and we had to push a three-man sail way out west to uh Oymatak. to to do that you know we thought we had to pick the best three guys to do that and of course that was uh sitting down with paul and, and mark and myself and going okay you know what do you think and the decision was made the three best guys went out there and did the job and actually bought us time for us to get in position and actually be successful and victorious yeah i mean it's such an amazing story and i love hearing it's it's sort of funny to me in and obviously not the experience but more about like building team dynamics right that at the end of the day it is just it is. about like you're fine you, you know it's it's like setting everything in life is setting expectations so it's yeah. kind of interesting to hear even in a, in a obviously infinitely more stressful situation than anything i've ever experienced but it's that same sort of thing where it's like yeah you can go in there and you know I trust this person. Here's exactly what's going to happen, or at least something close. Here's how they might handle these variables. I mean, it's amazing to hear that. And just, I mean, it's such an incredible story. I, I, I think I was saying before, I just watched the movie last night. And I've been reading everything this all week in preparation. So it just, I mean, it, it blew me away. But, it was, and it was the movie think, too. But if you think about it, it's almost like businesses. You know, you, you actually assemble a, a great team to do, uh, you know, to do a product to be successful. It's, it's no different really the only difference is well you're, <laughs> they're not getting shot at we are <laughs> so <laughs> i guess it depends on the business right uh produce wars get kind of intense so. <laughs> yeah. and we're right and we're riding horses which uh <laughs> Another that, basketball. <laughs> so. Yeah, I that had to be uh, that. I, I mean, just watching that scene and and seeing it, it was like, okay, they're doing this all on horseback. And I kept thinking, I was like, that's got to make combat difficult. Obviously, traversing the environment a little bit difficult too. You know, I mean. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, I I had the I named my horse asshole because that guy. <laughs> that was, uh, I want if I could, I would have choked him out. I mean, he was horrible. <laughs> he was. Uh, as I think Will Smith or uh, Will Summers said, <laughs> Will Smith, Will Summers <laughs> said, um, my horse was bred with a werewolf. I mean, <laughs> guy, he was horrible. 
it, it was just absolutely bad. He he was very small, uh, and uh, <laughs> the whole time as I was riding him, he tried to bite me. <laughs> you know, reach back. And, and back, I, I have to say too, but the, the Afghans were small. They were small guys. They were probably 135 pounds. Um, they may have carried a, um, besides their weapon, the AK-47, they may have carried two magazines that uh, both of them were half full. That's it. So you get a guy, and back then I was two, probably 230, 225, and you load me up with grenades, uh, smoke grenades, uh, uh, little mines, PDMs we call them, um, uh, a double basic load of, of ammo, food, water. <laughs> you put all this stuff on. Now I get on this horse, I crush him. His, <laughs> yeah. His, his, you know, his knees buckle and he's, he's ready to go down. And now he, he's just pissed off. And so all he wants to do is bite me. So. Yeah. He's like, this guy brought his own saddlebags. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. yeah. What the heck, man? <laughs> oh, my gosh. So I, can't so blame, I can't blame the horse. But in a sense, he pissed me off. <laughs> so. yeah. It made it a somewhat tough working in a situation. Oh, yeah. You know, probably not a lot of not a lot of love lost. You know, I'm sure you don't keep up with him anymore. <laughs> uh, no, no, not at all. Oh no. my god, he's not my friend. <laughs> yeah, oh, hey, we're cutting him out. Uh, it's like uh, he'll be on sale this week in the store. Yeah. Um, <laughs> all right, you know, I want everybody to be able to try anything. Oh my gosh, well, you know, a a big interesting part of this to me is that. Yeah, well, actually, if can I ask a couple questions about the movie before I move into my whiskey sure. lane? Okay, yeah, sure. so were you like pretty involved with the production at all? Or I'm assuming they were consulting you and Mark a lot on this, right? No, actually not. Um, wow. They they had a team that they already assembled. Um, I assume they thought that we could not be on the set, okay. and they, and they never reached out to us. Um, wow. So we, yeah, so we finally uh, through some negotiation of other people. Yeah, we yeah. we finally got on the set. Um, I will say this: Michael Shannon was a great guy. Oh yeah, and a, he, a Kentucky resident, right? Or, or from Kentucky? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Franklin, Franklin, Very Kentucky. Cool. And so he, um, so he, he actually requested many times for for them to speak to the guys that were from ODA five nine five. And so um, for that reason. And some of the other guys, we, we, uh, Mark and I were the only ones that were on the set and we were on the set for about four days. And, uh, but we did, we did clear up a lot of things. There were some things that were, uh, during shooting that just seemed odd and wrong. And, um, <laughs> we kind of went about it, the change through Michael and some of the other guys, you know, saying, you know, this, this just a, this just doesn't look right, you know, and and Mike would say, well, how would it look? What would you guys do? Well, we do it like this. He goes, OK, OK. He put his hand up, you know, got it, got it. And so they do they do a uh, rehearsal scene, you know. Uh, and then uh, like a dry run and, and then he'd, he'd go, oh, you know, I just don't think this looks right. Uh, I think maybe we should change it like this. And then they change the scene. And and Mark no and I are like, holy cow, this is <laughs> Mike. Mike is our guy, but but yeah. he also, you know how he is. He's a great character actor. He un he understands um, 
how to make the role better. Right. And, and that's what he wanted to do. He and I even went to the gym and worked out together. That's it, so cool. Uh, oh, it was fun. It was fun. We uh, we hung out. We had uh, we had a few cocktails. <laughs> <laughs> I'll tell you, he likes Malbec and uh, <laughs> and and uh, vodka martinis. <laughs> so, oh, so he's a good time too. I love yeah, it. Yeah. Time. <laughs> so, but, he, but he's great. He's a great guy. He's a great actor. Um, uh, Chris Hemsworth was very nice. But all the other guys, Michael Pena. Oh yeah, was a nice guy. All all the guys were great guys, and they were very um, they're very, very good, very good and loose to hang around with. You know, there, there didn't seem to be stress and tension i didn't i didn't see any of that and it, it was I yeah i do too it was it was it was very easy going uh i would have liked to stay there longer um that was our time frame and then they they let us go but uh otherwise i i think the movie overall it really showed the dynamic of the team and what the team was capable of doing how they adapted to those harsh environments that that was you know that was an arduous journey for us uh going through the 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 daria souf and the bulk valley and then into mazar sharif which that's not where it ended we kept doing operations for another month and a half and uh and then got pulled out but so there was there was plenty to do and um you know again to me, it was the pinnacle of my, 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 uh, my army career, my special forces career. That's beautiful. Yeah. And, and I'm so, first, of course, thank you so much for your service. And I appreciate you just being willing to talk to me about this in the first place. Oh yeah. I no, thank you. I appreciate it, man. Of course. Uh, and, well, go ahead. Yeah, this is fun. I mean, uh, especially like you say, we opened up with the jazz and that's cool. And then, and then <laughs> roll right this. And so, um, Keep it, but I, I'm also yeah, trying to be a loose actor. Another, you had another question about the uh, about about the movie itself. What was I, the well the short? I, so I kind of have one and a half. So one was the, it, would you say that the movie? I know obviously it's Hollywood, so there's going to be some dramatization of yeah. everything. But is it is it fairly accurate still? I mean, I you mentioned the camaraderie of the team, and that was like the one thing I really picked up on the movie that I thought made that stand out to me compared to a lot of other like military focused movies. Where I was like, oh, you can clearly see the teamwork. I feel it felt like they really nailed that angle. That, that, that is great. Nobody says that. I've not heard anyone during our interviews say that. And you are absolutely right. That did show how, no, that's, that's fantastic. It did show how very tight knit we were. Um, we were a, a, a close knit team and uh, very focused, but, you know, we were ready to, you know, push yeah. the edge and, and have a good time and laugh, you know, you, you see certain things on the battlefield that are that other other people would take note of and 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 kind of turn their heads um, and then you know we look at it and just kind of shrug our shoulder and kind of give a little smirk and go yeah I wouldn't do that again <laughs> you know, like, things like that uh, yeah. Mondays am I right <laughs> you know? here's the thing face it uh, combat. <laughs> at its peak is idiocy <laughs> and you find yourself i love it and you find yourself in the weirdest predicaments but you are able to through the grace of god in my in my belief 
come out of it alive. <laughs> and then you think about it, you think about it later on though, like months later or years later and you go, man, we were lucky then. How did we get out of that? You know, it was, yeah. but, but that's how I, that's how I see some of those, those actions. Yeah, it was beautiful. So, and I love that everybody came home. That was like the, that. Oh I, yeah. Going into it, I, you know, I tried to go in sort of blind. I mean, as blind as I could, because I was reading your bio and everything leading up to it. And I was like, okay, I should yeah. watch the movie. And then getting to the end and being like, wow, everybody made it home. That's, um, I mean, honestly, it's incredible. And it, it's like, just I, the one note at the end where they were like, oh, they expected this operation to take something like two years and you all knocked it out in three weeks. Yeah. That's insane. Yeah. And, and that was, uh, that was relayed to us when we, uh, when we actually, so what, what, what teams, team guys do or the, the team itself is they'll brief the commander so that's one part of the movie that was not true and that is you know myself and and chris chris hemsworth let's say you know we go in and 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 mark is sitting there chris hemsworth and he's telling them you know hey you know we're we're, we're going to be successful this is what we're going to do and he goes oh yeah i'm going to give you the the mission in a sense it's kind of like that but it wasn't that way it's the entire team that actually does what we call a a a back brief and that is we get a we are given a mission and then you go plan that mission and then you you actually present it to the commander which in our case was uh then colonel mulholland so normally you get 96 hours four days to plan and so they said, hey, uh, so they, they, when they finally gave us the mission, which when we were overseas, uh, they said, they gave us the mission. They said, okay, you got 48 hours to plan. And we were, what happened, what happened in 96 hours? Well, yeah, so <laughs> we get, we got to get you in. Um, Brunsfield really wants somebody in. They <laughs> were yeah. going, okay. <laughs> Damn it, that rummy. Sorry, Don. So we had two two days planned, and we planned, and the whole team presented the plan, and um, it was um, it was seen by the staff and Colonel uh, again Colonel Mulholland, uh, who actually uh, later on made Lieutenant General and retired, and uh, one of the CIA guys, uh, and so they sat back, and since they were teamed, and since we would be teamed going in, and they thought, hey. This is the team right here. Let's send these guys in. They are <laughs> they are absolutely perfect for this mission, and they will do well once they hit the ground. They'll they'll meet those those uh, those problems as they encounter them and be successful. And that's exactly what we did. So, so amazing. So okay. So then I got to lean into the the silly question. This is one Dad and I kicked around while I was telling him about this. Oh and uh, trying to think of how to word this, but you know, we the cast is amazing. Obviously, Michael Shannon, incredible yeah. actor, Chris Hemsworth, also great. But only one of those two were named sexiest man alive. So my question is: is how did Mark get Hemsworth and you got Shannon? <laughs> oh, I saw your no. picture. I was just like, oh come on now. Did he upset someone on the production? <laughs> no. Well, and I always say, you know, they come back, they always say that, and I and I go, hey man, but my guy has been nominated for two Oscars. Yeah, he's an incredible. And of, yeah, and, no and, shade at Michael Shannon, truly. <laughs> yeah, and then I look at Mark, you know, and I say, Mark, uh, did your guy get nominated for an Oscar? I think not. 
Yeah, <laughs> but he's like, but he is an Avenger. So yeah, he's an Avenger. <laughs> but wait a minute, though. My guy was General Zod. I I know, and Man of Steel. Yeah, great call. And I think he's in the. I think he's in a new <laughs> one this summer. I think I saw him in the preview again, playing Zod again. So no, nailed it. So <laughs> he is. He is. But you know, uh, uh, somebody asked me. They said, "Who who who would play you? Who do you think should play you?" And uh, I said, "Well." I'm a kind of funny guy, you know, uh, and I looked back at that time frame and m what my age was and the guy I thought because of his his age at that time frame was Ryan Reynolds. And I said, you know, Ryan Reynolds would be good for me. Oh, and yeah. I could, show you, I could show you a young picture of me and you'd go, oh, wow. OK, but uh, but Mike got the call and I'm glad he did. He was very good. Yeah. And, and you know, he, he does have a little comical aspect. <laughs> when I seen him in, no one remembers him in Groundhog Day, but he was hilarious. Yes. Yeah. Oh my God. Yes. No, it was so funny as I was looking up. I, so when I was like, okay, do you think, because <laughs> I'm doing, hey, look, before every interview, especially with someone I don't know, I'm like, okay, can I get away with making this joke? And so I felt comfortable <laughs> from the jump, thankfully. So thanks for letting me do it. But uh, no, looking up, I was just like, oh my gosh, I forgot about him in Groundhog Day and like Bad Boys too. And there was all these great roles he had early on. And yeah. he does, he has that kind of like wiry, funny thing. But you know what I see too? is that kind of like our jazz conversation earlier at first glance for both of you, I don't think anyone that doesn't know you is going to go, Oh, he's funny too. You know, because of your background, right? Like yeah. there's that thing leading up to this. I'm like, all right, Mark, be very hyper serious about this. <laughs> don't let Lou, you know what I mean? And then finding out that I was like, Oh cool. I didn't need to be weird about that at all. So again, uh, I know it's really cool. And yeah, obviously definitely just kidding about it, but I had to bring it up because I was like, Oh, that's so great. And Michael Shannon's like one of the greats, you know? Oh yeah. That, that, that guy is, he's got to be one of the best character actors ever. Yeah. And, um, yeah, well, uh, what was the movie he just came out with? They they say he might be nominated for an Oscar for that one. Uh, oh, I don't think I've seen it. Maybe I can yeah. let me see what he's. I'll, I'll pretend like I'm not looking him up in the background right now. Yeah, I don't. It wasn't the one that. Oh, maybe that was bad. I know he just I, did I, that I, uh, George and Tammy Wynette movie. I think yeah, that. I yeah. think that was shot locally. Maybe that's what I was thinking about. Uh, yeah. I don't uh, think I've ever seen him be bad in anything, which is yeah, nice, but, right? Like, yeah. So you yeah, got lucky. But, or something like that yeah it was something like that yeah he was so good and it's funny everyone comes up to me they say hey george and i, I look at him and go uh, i'll take george i like george jones he was a good guy yeah of course oh man that's so cool well thanks for letting me really on the movie thing let's talk a little bit about the whiskey too like how yes. did you go from this to diving into the world of whiskey oh yeah that's that's uh that's kind of a wild ride too um <laughs> yeah uh well, you know, it all started with actually um, uh, the CEO, the CEO, um, and uh, the CEO's wife. So John Coco, CEO, uh, Scotty Neal, the COO, and then Elizabeth Coco, and uh, they actually went on a trip to uh, through Yellowstone, and uh, they were just trying to get away, to just uh, get a break. Now Scotty Neal was in. He was in fifth group with me uh, and, and Mark. Uh, and so he had, um, he actually served with Mark in first, first battalion. They were all part of this, um, what we call the Sith, the commander's extremist force. Good name. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you can only imagine that one. So, okay. And so, uh, 
they had served together and uh, of course scotty got got out he was he was tired of it and he went on to do charity work and um uh mark's he actually got out about the same time and then mark went off to do some things uh do contracting work and uh then about 20 2015 2014 um scotty and in uh, our 2015 scotty and uh and Elizabeth and, and uh, John and some other guys, they, they went on this trip and they went through Wyoming. And like I said, uh, you went to Yellowstone, did all these, you know, just tried to get away, just get a break and uh, uh, just kind of calm down. And as they were going through there, they decided, uh, well, you know, let's, let's, let's make our way through this, the, the Yellowstone uh, pass and then start uh, just, Hitting these these new distilleries because they'd seen a, they'd seen this this thing about distilleries and so they started hitting all these distilleries because they they said you know come on in uh, tasting's free I mean why would you My give that up? you can't get <laughs> that up and so as they were as they were hitting these distilleries they were tasting the liquor and they were thinking man you know we we could do this we could we could come up with a distillery we could come up with uh with good taste of bourbon and um and so they uh <laughs> so they decided hey, let's take our chances and of course scotty goes well you know if we get if we're going to do this we got to do it like this we got to do it like this and coco's the businessman and he's very smart and he goes yep yep and so he was already looking at capital investments how he how can uh, uh bring in uh money uh and then uh you know, he, he's the game changer, basically. And then as we started, as we started uh, building on this, they called Mark and brought Mark in. And then they, then they brought me in. And this was all around 2015. I was still in. I had not retired. And, and I was gonna, going to retire until 2016. So when they contacted me around 2015, they said, hey, Bob, you know, we were thinking about this. And I went, Hey, can I drink? <laughs> can I can I bust open the barrels? Can I, you know, yeah. <laughs> the old, can I stick the old whiskey thief in there and just have a good time? And they went, well, yeah, absolutely. And I said, well, then I'm in, you know. And so it it kind of started there, and all this kind of circled around a documentary called Legion of Brothers. Okay. And if you watch Legion of Brothers, you'll see me in there. You'll see Scotty in there. You'll see a glimpse of Coco at the campfire. You don't see much of him, but you'll you'll see him in there. Mark <laughs> be, Mark will be in there talking, you know. But it's uh you'll see the entire five nine five team in there, except for uh, Bill Bennett, who we lost in uh, Iraq in two thousand three. So so that's kind of how it 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 started. And, yeah. Uh, and then you know 2016 we started barely and yeah. started putting in a, a whiskey that uh that we liked the taste that we liked the mash bill that we liked we and we all love weeded bourbon because weeded bourbon is very sweet it's it's got a uh it's full of caramel and toffee mm -hmm. and and all those dark dark fruits all those things that actually make a make a whiskey a sipping whiskey, an easygoing whiskey, especially if you drop a little water in there, you know? Yeah. 
So these are the things. See, your mouth is watering. I see. Absolutely. Yes. <laughs> that's actually, these are, that's uh, actually me <laughs> drooling on my shirt all day in preparation. <laughs> that is cool, too. Yeah, see, that's cool, too, because if you if you spill anything, and, and heaven forbid you do, yeah. you can't tell on that shirt, and that makes yeah. you a, a better, <laughs> a okay. better is it intentional or is it barbecue sauce it's a game yeah, i play with yeah, most yeah. of my See? wardrobe that's right because you you want to drink bourbon and eat barbecue sauce <laughs> <laughs> for me it's lamb chops i love lamb chops oh that you're a man after my own heart great choice <laughs> well we have some good ones on special this week oh there you go so that's kind of how that's kind of how we we started it and then as we were you know as we were barely going through the juice you know 2018 is when the movie came out, 12 Strong. And so we did not want to push the whiskey out in 2018. We, we wanted to push it out in, in 2020. But um, we decided to go ahead and ride on the movie. And in our first year, we, we sold 6,000 cases, which was amazing. amazing. Yeah. <laughs> and you think about that, and then you think about last year, we sold a hundred thousand cases. So, yeah, and we're not we're not craft anymore. And we just teamed up with uh, Gallo. Oh, okay. Yep, EJ Gallo uh, Winery. And so, uh, look look at us now. It's it's yeah. It's steamrolling. We're just taking off like wildfire. We're hopefully projected to do one hundred fifty thousand cases this year. That's so, amazing. Yeah, so I've been uh, I've been a little busy. I've been kind of popping around the country. So is the other guys. Uh, we have Will Summers from the team. We have Vince Macula from the team. Uh, of course, Mark Nooch. Right. He's he's doing his stuff. And then uh, you know the uh, Scotty Neal, of course. Um, and so we're the guys that kind of bounce around. We have another guy, uh, Rob Schaefer. He he bounces around and signs. He used to, uh, he was in 10th group for a while um, and retired as a lieutenant colonel. And so he's he's done some, uh, uh, a lot of work for us down in Florida. I stay mainly on the East Coast. The other guys have their own little region that they, they bounce around. So it's kind of fun. You never know who, you know, sometimes you may get me, sometimes you may not. Uh, sure. you, you, <laughs> they all have a little comedy to them. Uh, I love it. Yeah, I think Rob might be a little bit more serious, but uh, and and Mark is kind of he's you know he's kind of a little serious, but uh, you can get a little laughter out of myself and Will and uh, cool. and, and Vince is a he's a funny guy. So <laughs> I, I love that so much. Well, like I said before, it's just about I I go into this assuming I'm like all right, Mark, very serious face today, and so thank you for making it so much more fun. <laughs> I mean, I knew it'd be a good talk either way, but I was like, oh, this will be. I don't think people expected the two of us to laugh as much as we have in this. No, no. <laughs> oh, look, man. You, you, as much as I've been through, yeah. it's, it's I, I I look at life more jovial now, and um, you know, it's you can't you can't stress about um, life in general. That you know, just take it easy and and, and have a good time. Uh, you know, I'm I'm grateful for. Uh, us getting together and, and starting Horse Soldier Bourbon. It, we brought like it's almost like bringing the team, the team and other team members back together. And so you had that kind of camaraderie, where you 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 um, not to say you feel secure, but you feel, you know, you you feel nice and comfortable. 
yeah, you're back with the boys. I get it. You're back with the boys. That's right. You know, put the band and, back uh, together. Yeah. And, you know, and uh, Scotty just texted me um, yesterday. And uh, we do a lot of charity work. We we actually do a lot of charity work with uh, Frank Siller from Tunnel Towers. And um, he uh, texted me and said, hey, Bob, you know, Frank wants us to go play golf and in uh, October or so-and-so. And I went, oh, I'd love to. So there, you know. Scotty and I are going to go up there, have fun, play some golf, drink a few bourbons. I got to loosen up the joints, man. <laughs> it's it's really about sampling. You're just really checking that it's yeah. quality control. I get it. Yeah. You know, I can yeah. tell you're passionate about your craft. <laughs> I am. And you know, what's funny is when I, when I go to the distilleries and um, when I'm doing quality control, I actually, I do more smelling than I do tasting, believe it or not. Everyone, you know, everyone thinks I go up there and I, you know, I just drink everything. I can't. If I, if I drink the first five barrels, I'd be out. So <laughs> I do a lot of smelling. I do a lot of uh, that. And I, I may go through 20 barrels four times before I decide that I might taste one or two of the barrels. So, I, I, yeah, well. Yeah, look look at this nose, man. I got a good nose. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love it though. You know, uh, one thing about the bottles I I thought would be interesting, and I, you know, I I hope this is not a question you get asked all the time, but um, seeing that they were using reclaimed steel from the towers, was yes. that a was that a request from you all, or like how did that come out? Because I, that to me is just such a fascinating, excellent little wrinkle in your story. Yeah, because a lot of people think it's the label, and it's not the label. The label has nothing to do with it. The label, the labels are actually ten labels, but they have the America's Response Monument on the label, and, and that's very cool. That's something that Elizabeth had come up and designed. She did a fantastic, oh, awesome. fantastic job with the bottle. Uh, kudos to her always. And uh, but but really, it's when we started, <laughs> we you know. Again, we're poor, and right. uh, we we found out to make bottle molds, you had to have this certain type of steel, and uh, so we we'd asked uh, Inker Glass, uh, you know, well, how much does it cost for a bottle mold? It's 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 sixty thousand dollars, one bottle mold. Ooh. You need seven for the rack to run. The molds through for, to sure. make the, the bottles, the glass. Yeah. So. And uh, so, so we're going, what? Uh, it's a hefty, yeah, hefty upfront investment. <laughs> we can't do that. And so we uh, we reached, we were reaching out to people for steel. And we reached to the to the Port Authority guys who were great friends of ours. And, uh, you know, we said, hey, you guys got any steel? Not, not realizing what type of steel, just you know, that they had, but just say, hey, you got this, this number type of steel. And they said, well, you know what? It's funny. You should ask that. We have some world trade center steel that we can, we can give to you. And we're like, Oh my God, that would be an awesome story. Yes. And so they, they actually shipped us in these little boxes, you know, these pieces of steel and they kept shipping them to us because there was no other way to get it to us. Makes then, sense. Yeah, and then so that that steel was actually melted down and made into the molds, and so uh, we actually do have uh, 
some more of that uh, that we were, had been given and that we have left over. So that will run a long time. That that seal will run a long time. I know there's a certain there's a certain amount of bottles that are pushed through each mold mm -hmm. that you have to pull it off the line, melt it back down, recast it, and then and then put it back in. But it'll still have that steel in there. So. Oh, interesting. Yeah, and it's yeah. such just such a fast, fascinating process. I didn't know much about, but I think this is what a I'm what a cool not coincidence, but you know, I mean, it is kind of a serendipitous thing that that it, it is, it is, it is, and you know, and it's funny too because you you look you look at it and you you see a lot of New York into our bottles, and uh, you know, I recently went up to upstate New York, and it was amazing how well we did up there. Uh, I, we don't do as well in in uh, in Metro New York, which is you know that's fine. It, it'll eventually grow. Yeah. But but uh, upstate New York is just they kill it because they know the the backstory of the bottle. They know uh, you know the America's Response Monument. They're proud of all that, and so they're they're very in tuned with what that represents. And, um, you know, even when I was up there and, and, and talking to people, a lot of them already knew about the bottle. And so they, were, they, just, they just wanted to purchase the bottle. And I said, well, you know, I, we appreciate that, but, you know, taste the whiskey. And um, <laughs> when people taste it, they go, you know, this doesn't suck. <laughs> it's, really, it's really good. It's really good. I was loving reading the tasting notes too on the site. I was just like, "Oh gosh, it's about time for me to really look, Bob. Maybe you're the guy that's going to finally get me into bourbon and whiskey." But I've been living oh, yeah. in Kentucky oh, yeah. now for like 15 years. I really don't have any more excuses left. And you know, and uh, and, and some of those notes, um, I created some of those notes with uh, Hunter, Hunter Preacher, who they uh, the guy is fantastic as far as uh, the nose and the palate. And so we did a lot of the tastings, and then we actually came up with with some of the notes so that's yeah. so cool that's wonderful oh yeah it's the funnest part of the <laughs> yeah, i'm sure you're like uh, i'm getting pola on this one you know <laughs> every sip a new flavor oh, you know yeah. well and, you know and here's here's the other thing too when i when i do a whiskey war story and uh when we do those things we we talk about brand and we talk about uh our our portion of the war story whatever we did um especially riding the horses and things like that during that time frame after the 9-11 attacks that's what's really you know it's it's in tune to um and then um you 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 you, you know you you sit there and you you tell these people hey this is what my nose picks up. This is what my palate picks up. You may not pick that up. I am fine with that. But I'm not going to sit here and be the wine snob and say, well, you really should get this. I, I, don't, I don't believe in that, Mark. I, I just, you know, no. hey, yeah, because some people may not pick it up. But what I'll do is I'll, I'll as I'm speaking to some of them one-on-one, uh, -on -one, I'll say, hey, you know, you get the notes of butterscotch. You, you, you yeah. smell coffee or and taste it and they look at me and go oh i get it now i said well there you, there you go but otherwise no it's they may get something totally different you know they may come up to me and say bob i i get apricot or i get okay that's perfectly fine yeah 
Yeah. We're all tasty. We're built a little different. We're all built though. Yeah, we're all built differently. Yeah, we're you know the nose and the palate is is totally different. So. That's so cool. Well, you know, I spend enough time around some of the sommeliers we have in the store. It's always interesting to me to be like, you know, it's one of those things that I know this has been the case for me personally, where sometimes I can't necessarily articulate all of those notes. But then when someone right. else puts the, like, they give you that lens to view it through, or in this case, taste it through. Yeah. Like, okay, that was that indescribable note. Oh, you're right. It does taste a little, like, there's a hint of vanilla here. Or, you know, I'm getting a little taste of campfire or whatever, you know what I mean? Whatever those notes are that you pick up from the barrel. It's such a fascinating end to me. So now I'm actually really, really excited to try your whiskey. Yeah, and, and, and um, you know, the... Uh there's a way of, of going about it you know you you nose and then you taste and then you know the you heard of the old kentucky chew smacking your gums i don't really yeah. i don't <laughs> yeah i don't particularly do that but uh i think the best way to do it is what i told you earlier is smell uh smell again um then Put it in your mouth and press it up to the top of your mouth. Let it kind of run down through your through your gums. Um, you don't have to swallow, but you know just uh, and stop there. Then go and drop water in it. What's going? It's going to open up, and now you're going to pick up more. Then basically try it the same way with a little water in it. Now you're starting to understand. And also, when you the first time you drink whiskey, no matter what it is. You, some people go, oh, they kind of react. You know, <laughs> I wasn't ready for that. <laughs> but it's really the second taste that actually sets it apart and makes it, you know, that's when you really appreciate it. You know, you you, you sit back. For me, though, it's, you know, I the first is, is good for me. Right. But <laughs> some people, yeah, you know. <laughs> so, hey. I'm talking to a pro. I get it. Hey, if I'm if I'm sniffing a barrel, come on. <laughs> <laughs> That's a little too much about our personal lives. Yeah, uh, <laughs> I got my whole nose in there. <laughs> okay. <laughs> this, this is good stuff. Oh, yeah, good. right. <laughs> oh, that's so cool. Well, what an incredible. I mean, just what an incredible life you've had. I mean, this is amazing. I'm just, and I'm just in awe. I'm really, really looking forward to this event. I guess I'll maybe wrap up on this for you. I guess, you know, so I, I know that Whiskey and War Stories is like a, a Tory thing. What can people expect coming out to that here? What, what can they what? Oh, I'm sorry. What can, what can they expect? Like if they come out to the event? I know we're doing a bottle signing, right? Yeah. Um, yes. So if they come out to the event, of course we're we're doing the uh, we're doing the bottle sign. I think this is just for the bottle signing, right? Not for the. I think so. Is there? Are, yeah. are you doing the Are you telling stories as well? I don't. I might. I might be doing one. I have to look at the. But otherwise, it's the. Uh, the signing. It's it's signing, and uh, what they can get from that is really is the. Uh, I will tell stories while I'm signing bottles. Um, a lot of people ask me that the. Uh, as far as you know how was it was it you know the, the movie was it accurate just like right. a lot of questions that you asked you know was it accurate you know how were the guys was it fun you know uh what did you do on set um you know things like that um, sure. i don't i don't really get the thank goodness i don't get any harsh questions um, yeah i bet <laughs> Yeah, because you you know you're always ready for that. You know, hey, what's it like to uh, you know 
<laughs> like, uh, right. like, oh gosh, okay. Uh, yeah. Here's my answer. Talk to a therapist, sir. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Let me sign the bottle. Yeah. <laughs> and, I, and I, you know, I look at him and go, no, no. Uh, it's, I, 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 I had that question asked once, and then I've never had it asked again. Uh, I don't even know why I got that question asked. It's kind of weird. One guy, his, his, <laughs> or her, uh, her husband said, "Don't ask that question." Yeah, I mean that sounds. Uh, yeah, I, <laughs> I, I'm stammering because I'm just like I can't even imagine thinking like, all right, let's yeah. leap with that today. You yeah. know. Yeah, but otherwise, it's uh, we get we get a lot of questions asked of us, um, sure. and it's fun, and we um, you know it's good to interact with the people. It really is. Um, they'll realize that uh, we're just simple guys. Uh, we're not Madison Avenue. Right. We, uh, you know, <laughs> when we first started, we were putting the labels <laughs> on the bottles. You'll, you'll, if you go back and find the old bottles mm -hmm. uh, that we put labels on, you'll know mine. They're all crooked. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I got to find one of those. That's what I'm looking for I now. The, I could get that little jig to work right. So they're, all, and I'd look at it and go, oh my God, it's crooked again. What's going on with me? Right. <laughs> I've always outsourced that job. Like even when I was a kid with toys, I'm like, mom, you're going to have to put this on here. I know I'm going to blow it. So yeah. <laughs> thank, thank, God we do, thank God we do that now. <laughs> oh my gosh. Bob, this has been an absolute pleasure. I really, really appreciate you taking the time to do this with Absolutely. us. And I'm, Absolutely. I'm going to spend every day until you get here finding a horse for me to ride into the event. So, yeah, <laughs> I know. And unfortunately, this is the type of place where I might actually be able to make that come true. So, hopefully, not. Wow. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I just wanted to end on a strange note. <laughs> and that is a strange note. <laughs> Oh gosh! Remember, get a get a big, big, docile horse, and you're good to go. Yeah, right. I was gonna say, I was like, I've been eating pretty good lately. I definitely need one that's not buckling under my weight. Preferably. Well, here's what's funny is I I rode a horse in uh, New York last year, and um, he was not a he was not a happy camper. Um, the crowd actually, <laughs> yeah, the crowd got him excited, and then I, you know started holding the reins and. Oh my day. But then I rode another horse in Kansas City or uh, Kansas. Um, and they were, um, they're actually, uh, they set up a monument for ODA 595. And uh, so they had brought some horses over, and that was a fantastic horse they gave me. They said, Man, we really want you to ride this horse. I said, And I was kind of hesitant. I'm like, Yeah, I'll, I'll, get, I'll get on this guy. Oh my gosh. And he was, he was big horse, but he was a, he was a fantastic horse. And I'm, I love it. I'm riding him around, you know, the, the courtyard. And he's, you know, I'm thinking, man, I wish I had this horse in Afghanistan. Right, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> we need like a temperament test leading up. And oh, now I'm just thinking about yeah. how much of your life has to be people just be like, Bob, will you get on this horse? Oh. <laughs> what an odd experience. Oh my God. You know it, man. <laughs> Well, yeah, we'll have to get together. We'll have to talk jazz. Yeah, that'd be awesome. I will. I'll be at the event, so I'll be there causing problems. Yeah. I'll probably be. Who knows? Maybe we'll get lucky, and this will be in the rotation that day in laundry. So cool. I, I like it. Yeah. Hey, yeah. thanks so much, Bob. I really appreciate it. It was yeah. an absolute pleasure chatting with you today. Truly. You too, Mark. I appreciate it, man. Of course. Thanks uh, for having me. Oh, anytime. Yeah, anytime we can do anything for you here at the jungle, we would love to. Nice, nice. I love it, man. Thanks.
I love that backdrop back there too. I can't. Hey, thank you. hey, maybe if you're while you're here, if you have a few minutes, I'll take you in the studio. We can. I'll show you the real thing rather than the digital recreation. Yeah, it looks like a duck back there on your right shoulder, but I'm not really sure. I kind of, you know, when we came up with this, I was just kind of like, I want the audience to be unsure of my love of things, all things psychedelic looking, yeah. you know? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah I'm seeing a, a little of Picasso. And <laughs> I was trying, yeah, I was trying to hit like that yellow submarine kind yeah. of vibe. Yeah. I was like, I don't Andy, really know little, anything about little it. Little Andy Warhol, you know? <laughs> <laughs> That's why the oh. shirt fits. <laughs> right. Yeah. They, hey, look, I'm just happy to be here. So there you oh, go. Man. what an amazing interview. I mean, right. Isn't that so cool? And, you know, for me, I'm always excited when it's, you got to imagine for someone like me, who's just like, I am excited to do this interview. I don't know how it's going to go. I'm not sure what to expect to have your interviewee repeatedly give you compliments about the questions you've asked. I felt pretty good about this one. So thanks for the love, Bob. I really appreciate it. And to all of you out there, thanks for watching the interview. Thanks for tuning in on this one. Really, really interesting. Hopefully you'll join us next week for Whiskey and War Stories here at Jungle Gyms. Fairfield at the Oscar station. Like I said earlier, tickets are still available on junglegyms.com. You can get all of your information there. I believe it starts Wednesday the 19th at 5.30 p.m., but double check that on the website. I can't look at the website and look at you at the same time. So on that, thank you all so much as always for tuning in. I appreciate those of you out in the audio only world. You're really keeping it strong out there. I love you for it. And everybody that keeps, I'm looking, I see this, look, YouTube's a hard nut to crack. And I see those slow numbers creeping up on YouTube. So thank you to all of you who go, Hey, you know what? I'm just going to see what's going on here too. And my favorite part about it is that you really don't have to pay attention to the video if you don't want to, but you can, if you choose to, I'm here for accessibility and for options. Oh, and last but not least, I'm wearing a fun new jacket. Uh, the guy, my friend, Christian, that made, the jacket I normally wear. He came in with this custom one uh, in in reference to one of my biggest heroes, Edward Van Halen. Huge fan of the Dutch folk. Um, but how cool is this? this? Is modeled after his Frankenstein design. I'm looking forward to the cease and desist letter that comes with this. Uh, but Christian, thank you so much for all of the cool jackets. Thank every you know, and, and this is maybe just start sending me jackets, everyone. Okay, that's what we want. Um, okay. That's it. I appreciate you all very much. Thanks for tuning in. Have a beautiful week. We'll see you next week at Whiskey and War Stories. And in the meantime, I'll see you out in the aisles. The Jungle Gyms podcast is recorded in the WJJI studio inside Jungle Gyms International Market in Fairfield, Ohio. The Jungle Gyms podcast is produced and hosted by Mark Borison.